Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome to the latest episode of Drinking Bros College Hoops. I am your host, Rob Fox, and I am joined, as always, by Dan Register. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us on the big set. We have a big boy on the big... Big set table, like we're just big boys today. Moving our way up in yeah. the world. And we have, for the second week in a row, but without the uh, apocalypse this time, Dan Holloway. Yeah, I was just bored. <laughs> I don't care about you two assholes. No, I just want to talk no, no. to Alex. Uh, how'd you pronounce it? Monaco? I'm just kidding. Alex Monaco <laughs> from uh, Colin Coward's Network. He's a professional gambler. He's got great hair. Yes. So, I mean, here we are, guys. Yeah, we have Alex Monaco here. And are, wait, are you the guy from Ancient Aliens? You know, it's a great guess. I'm a little too young to be the guy from ancient. Yeah, it's your it? father. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's your dad. <laughs> I'm gonna get My, yeah. <laughs> somebody out there in the My drinking. My Will Ferrell stepbrother. Yeah. <laughs> somebody out there in the drinking bros community photoshopped this dude next to the ancient aliens guy. And oh. We're we're gonna post that on the interwebs. It's Please. already been done. Yeah. Within the Perfect. first five seconds. Of oh yeah, it'll, it'll be done before the show's over. I yeah. guarantee you. I, can, I, can I morph into that when I hit a five team parlay this week? That's what yeah. I'll turn. Yes. Ancient well, aliens. I have well, to I have to ask off the top, uh, Alex. Um, yeah. Your name, is it fake? Is it Alex Monaco? It's because it sounds like a porn name, but for gambling. Like, it sounds like you, like, it's like... like it's a stage name, yeah. Like yeah, an yeah, Italian, yeah. kind of like Davy, I don't know, cup well, of well, gravy how, or whatever yeah. the fuck. What leads, you, what leads you to believe that it's, is it too on the money? Yes, it's too on the nose. because Monaco's too casino Sam Rothstein, yeah. if yes, you will? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Alex Monaco sounds like a, porn, a stage name. Well, that's that's pretty good. It's pretty good instincts over there. It's actually my mom's last name. I, I cannot make this up. I'm half Jewish, half Italian. Hundred percent confused. A lot of guilt over here. But I'm uh, from San Diego originally. Grew up with the last name Weinberger. Started doing comedy. Moved to Hollywood. Changed it to Monaco. So it let is me, my let, mom's let, last let name. Let me stop you right there. So you moved to Hollywood and changed your name away from a Jewish name. After going to Catholic school for a cup cup of coffee with the last name Weinberger. See, if you went to school under Monaco, Jay Wright might have recruited you. So you might be playing for Villanova right now. I couldn't have played my cards wrong. But, no. you know. It's, it happens. What are you going to do? The mom's Italian. The dad's Eugene Levy from American Pie, my the eyebrows. So, you know, we're, we're, we're working our way over here. But, yeah, Monaco is uh, the last name as of freshman year of college. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, so explain to, to our audience really quick. Like, you pretty much make a living gambling and advising on gambling, right? Well, it's a uh, it's a loaded question. All right, my friend. I would say yes. I am hosting a daily gambling show on Colin Coward's new Volume Sports Podcast Network. Shout out to Colin the OG, opening opening the official Johnny Stockton doors for me to, <laughs> to spread my wins, my emotional losses, and then some. But yes, I've been gambling for a few years. I actually started on an MGM. A TV show actually called The D Gentleman Show with uh, my good buddy Brett Ernst, headlining comedian on Cobra mm. Kai. Uh, Javon Curse was on the panel mm. and the VP of Race and Sports at MGM. So I got my cool. start there pretty much going once a week to the Lion's Den, I like to call it. The Mandalay Bay Sportsbook is where we filmed. I would say I lost many a times before I won. So I don't want to sit here and say I'm, you know, Johnny Two Hands over here getting, you know, 10 for 11, but 57% is technically uh, a professional gambler. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely working my way there. I would say from a content perspective, 
I'm a little more stronger than I am with the overall keeping the bankroll. But hey, we took the bucks in the under, so we're doing all right. <laughs> uh, so you, we every week on this show, this is a college basketball show, right? How much, how much do you gamble college basketball? I got Syracuse plus five and a half today. Sorry, sorry about the Duke uh, three game win streak. No Jalen Johnson, baby. I gotta, I gotta take the orange. They man had, and buddy, they had buddy one. Bayheim. They had one fucking let's come together game, but that's not. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't sustain that shit, man. With your best, beat Virginia. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, you got to go against that that zone defense yeah. too. Plus, Virginia's a throws you out of sorts. Virginia's a little like up and down this year. They have a new offensive system. They're not, they're not the same old Virginia team that they. Uh, they're just a little flakier this year i would say uh so how do you when you what do you look for though when you're like gambling college basketball are you more just on lines over unders because we're big under guys we love college basketball unders because they fucking you don't hear that every day yeah they suck at basketball there's like (laughs) always a 40 percent chance that there's going to be a five minute stretch in a college basketball game where they just kick the ball out of bounds the whole time and brick like not even brick like air ball threes we like rock fights. Have like seventh grade C- CYC turnovers type of shit. No, I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd say the over on the, you know, you go Big Ten or ACC or SEC, you got to be a little more careful. Like yesterday, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, that obviously cashed the over. Um, but, you know, it, I think the under makes a lot of sense. These are kids three years removed from getting their driver's license. I mean, they, do they really know how, how to put a ball in a basket 35 feet out consecutively like the Nets? I mean, those – those fan duel three for twos where you get two threes in the first three minutes or first, you know, three minutes, three threes. You don't see that too often. I, I like the under approach, but for college basketball, I'm a big go to Vegas insider. Look at the trends. I, I mean, I think you can, you can be safe a lot of the times by taking the points. I mean, especially in those like Marquette Seton hall, you know, those, all those games, it's just, you know, rivalry esque. you can get away with taking the points, but, I like the under. I, I can I can tell you on that. We yep. like, but in college basketball, like they do not give up. You could be up seven, or you could be up nineteen with thirty seconds left. They're going to foul. So there's you're always running the risk taking those points. Yeah, absolutely for sure. I mean the fouling. I you guys have any takeaways on how they could increase the game flow a little more towards the last eight minutes when they get in the bonus? I mean, who the heck? Uh, stop. Stop hiring dog shit referees. Like, it's just a lottery. It's not, there's no, like, rhyme or reason to it. It's just, like, they just will, it's like, it'll hit, like, the 17th minute in the second half, and like, all right, we got to start calling fouls. Like, let's just start blowing whistles. The fix is in. That's a real question. I'm looking at some of these numbers for some of the, some of the teams this year. Uh, Baylor, for example, 47% of the time uh, under, right? Yeah. That's and that's a team that's Texas they, Tech. And they dump 52. it in too. Yeah, Texas so Tech is fifty-two. Oklahoma is fifty-seven. Tech and plays good defense. 9. Tech plays. Do, wait, yeah. oh, you said Oklahoma hits the under fifty-seven percent of the time. Fifty-seven point nine percent of the time. They yeah. have a really high-rated offense, actually, which tells me that. So probably just lines are overreacting. Yeah, probably, all the yeah. lines are, are, are but that's, overvaluing that's, them. Yeah, that's how it works, though, right? Yeah, yep. like kind of get a little too excited about that. What do you? What would you feel safer betting an under on two teams that like Wisconsin, Texas Tech, two teams that like don't even want to have more than 50 possessions in a game or uh, uh or a, or a game where you think like Vegas might be just overreacting to like how like a Gonzaga and like when they when they play San, Baylor yes. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good question because, like, I'm looking at the line right now for today. I mean, are they already is the cappers are already back on Duke? Is that really a five and a half point line tonight? Going off of Buddy Beheim, Buddy Beheim career high against Notre Dame, twenty nine point yeah. six trays. I mean, that recency I, bias shit that's going on. Like, we're going to talk about live betting later. That's where the biggest overreactions typically happen. But it's it's the recency bias and the over uh, uh, corrections that they're making this this year, and it was the same. Uh, particularly with the overs in NFL this year, nobody hit overs this year at all, right? I don't, and it was, it's, it was very bizarre. Like I don't know, I don't know why there was such an overcorrection this year as compared to some other years. I just never want to put my money on Buddy Beheim. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with a little B squared, baby? Yeah. The little, guy, little nepotism, you know. Gets you a long I mean, way. I just think the guy, he's got a little, he, he's got a little kind of. Johnny Stockton Jr. Mm. in him. I feel like he's got the he's got the energy. He's, he's got, got the, the green light. I agree. Sure. I agree with you that he is white. <laughs> Wisconsin fifty six and a half percent unders. That makes sense to me. Because Michigan fifty two point nine percent. That does. I mean, see, that's, that's Michigan can score. No, so that Michigan make sense, can but, score. Yeah, that's a, yeah. It's weird, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, hold on, let me see what Gonzaga does. Yeah, the Gonzaga yeah, one would be interesting. I would say. So speaking of live betting, we are also big on live betting, and this is our. What we assume, you'll, you're going to know this way better than us, so please clarify. We kind of assume that, you know, when they're setting lines for pregame or whatever, uh, there's a lot of thought and, and research that goes into it. They, they like, kind of know things better, but the live lines are a little more uh, algorithmic, a little more... Um, reactionary. Reactionary, and we feel like that's a better way to uh, take advantage of lines a lot of time. Is like, you know, say Ohio State's playing Michigan yesterday, and... For whatever reason, let's just say it happens. Like Ohio State was a dog, uh, one and a half points, I think. Yeah. Let's just say Ohio State goes up three or four points, and the line swings back to maybe now Michigan is yeah, plus like, one and a half. But okay. like, why wouldn't Ohio State have a lead for a little bit in that game, right? Like Michigan's. Not I hear be- you. I mean, I, I like to call lie. It's it's strategy when you fire before, and it's an art form in the live betting world. I, I mean, I really think it is a skill that's separate from being able to sit there and cap a game like a professional because you're watching live and you can prepare all day long on what you thought was going to happen, like the majority of the public thinking the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl. And then you're watching and you're like, all right, the front seven for the ball. I mean, I'm using a football example, but in basketball, it's fascinating because, and I always say, I pump it on my podcast too, you can really Costanza double dip in this live betting world. You can literally middle. And so in college basketball, it's fascinating because it's slower, like you guys alluded to. This is mm. the, I guess this is the unders club over here, so <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll talk humbly. But essentially, like you just alluded to, if you get a team that is favored that goes down and you get an opportunity to take them with a couple of points or the other way, you can even protect yourself on both sides. I mean, basketball is a perfect example for how to maximize live betting and win not once, but twice. And just to give a little education, like let's say the line is, yeah, one and a half. Michigan, hypothetically speaking, goes all the way up 10 or 12, double-digit-esque. You can take an Ohio State somewhere in the plus five and a half, seven and a half range. They get it all the way back to tied. You can double-dip and go take Michigan or let's say Ohio State gets the lead. Now you're protecting, potentially, depending on how big the swings were, up to like 12, 15, sometimes even 16 points on both sides. Now, obviously, you win one and one if they both don't hit, but it's a way of kind of hedging your bet if you didn't like what you did before tip-off 
or just if you're a degenerate like the hair, you know, you just you go all out and you you fire, 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 and you know, splash in some unders too. Do you ever get fucking exhausted doing that? Because I love doing that on live, but there's there's like I'll do it like some weeks on, and then some weeks I'm like, dude, I cannot white knuckle. I mean, I'll just ask you if I look rested. Do I look <laughs> rested? I mean, the, the answer is no. I'm exhausted. We got two TVs, no girlfriend by design behind me. It is a man cave 24-7. I'm just, it's whether what ball I want to hold in the house while I watch. And, you know, college basketball, it's really time to buckle up. We're right around the corner from March Madness. I'm fired up. Yeah, I would say, who do you, who do you like best this year just in terms of the field? Uh, well, I want to give a shout out to my homie, the Philly Godfather. Uh, he's been a professional gambler for longer than I've been alive. And I had him on my podcast. He had a 50 to one futures on the Bucks back in March. Uh, brought him on to discuss how he had the foresight to take the Bucks. Uh, but he's fired on a couple of futures that I like. He's got Illinois. He's got Texas. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at them. But I got to be honest, my instincts are telling me in a, a year where Duke's abysmal. Sorry. Um, Kentucky is just, I mean, the best thing about them is Calipari's hair. I, I got to go probably Gonzaga at the moment if I were to fire on one futures just because, I mean, I haven't even lost. Like, this is a team that's yeah. clearly with the homie Mark, well coached. Uh, they've been there many a times. They, they haven't got over that, like, Elite Eight, Final Four hump. The year with no fans could be the year. And they got that dude. They got Jalen Suggs. So it's like you got a lottery pick. You have like a classic Gonzaga team that can just dump in points. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that Baylor-Gonzaga game didn't happen earlier in the year because, I mean, that's the one that I was looking at before the season even started. I'm like, holy shit. That's, you don't, you know, in college basketball especially, unless it's Duke, North Carolina, or some shit like that back in the day, seeing a 1-2 matchup that early in the season isn't really common, right? No. And, got 3-4 uh, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, good. three, four. Well, we're not early in the season now, though, no, right? No, I'm no. just saying it was like what the second week of the season we yeah, were going to see real, one, real, two, real, and, yeah. and they're still one, two now. Yes. So it's like, fuck, man, we could have seen that shit. But anyways, they may not. They're not going to meet until the tournament now, right? If they oh, were, ideally, they would, the Natty. They would. There's oh, no way they play at this point unless it's in the national championship. Right, unless one of them goes on a losing streak now and bumps down to like seven, eight, nine, which, which that's not going to happen. Not, they, there's, they, no way. there's no way. They would have to both lose so many games to not be one seeds yeah. at this point. Yeah. Do you like anyone like Baylor? I'm a bit. We, me, and Dan mm. are both big on Baylor. I mean, Baylor could sneak in. I just, I'm trying to still understand how, because again, I, my, I'm trying to get some sort of philosophy in college basketball with the no fans because mm. that is like the biggest element of college basketball is going to Cameron Indoor Stadium. I mean, Syracuse has taken two of the last three there, but now there's no fans. So I just feel like mentality-wise, like Michigan State, all these all these trends, like them going against Rutgers, I'm 0 for 2 on that series this year, just because the numbers and all the history of how they've performed at different stadiums, it, it, it's out the window during COVID because mm. there's no freaking fans. So yeah. I'm I'm still trying to get a gauge. I'm really going to be dialing in here on on how it's going to go. I don't know how many fans are going to let in for the tourney. Well, it's going to be 25%. Uh, 25, 25%. Right? 25% so it depends the on the arena. They're playing all over Indiana, and most of those arenas in Indiana are probably like 12,000 yeah. instead of 20 or more. Yeah. Like they're going to play – the Final Four is going to be at a much larger place. That'll be at Lucas, Lucas Oil. Oil. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but the, the regional places – I mean, maybe one of them plays at Lucas Oil and they get a lot of fans, but – if they're playing at these uh, smaller places around Indiana, in Indiana, it's going to be 
like 10,000 people maybe, right? They should if do the that, whole thing at the Hoosier gym. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you guys find it interesting that Michigan State, Duke, Kentucky, all these teams that just have zero blue bloods, yeah. Advantage, they're just so, they're not delivering at home. I, yeah. f- Michigan State's weird to me because Michigan State's not a freshman-reliant blue blood. It's not weird to me that Duke and Kentucky are fucked because like these, these are like literal high school kids pretty much that we're like we're already one foot out the door and yeah. now didn't really get like a good camp in with no. covid yeah didn't really get to connect with their team the whole were you guys Jalen John- were you guys Jalen Johnson fans were you bummed to see him go what, <laughs> i don't you know, we talked about it last I, we don't care uh yeah I, I i'm more like upset i'm not upset about him but i think like the automatic the pl- like always pro player movement or yeah. that's kind of been going on the last few years that's kind of annoying like automatically he's right like I'm on his side for the like for the most part, but at the end of the day, like have, being kind of bullied by the rest of uh, whatever social media, or whatever that he you got to be pro player. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, I, you can never be pro coach. I mean, they're not getting paid. It'd be one thing if I mean he's about to be a millionaire, so fuck it, like let him do what he wants. But, maybe, but yeah. like he's a lottery pick, like who was described to be Ben Simmons without the athleticism. So like. <laughs> Which is just a human being. Yes. Just yeah, a tall guy. I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's an unfair comparison because he's – I mean, look, he's, he's shooting from 19 feet right now, but he's, he's sinking uh, – I mean, look, he's only taking like 20. He's taking like 19 yeah. threes He's, taking, he's taking like 20 threes this year. Uh, Which this is year. 19 more threes but than Ben Simmons. Yeah, so. exactly. But he's probably being told not to shoot the three. Also. I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. Like, but, which is stupid, by the way. If you have a guy like that that's dynamic, has good court vision, and he can stretch the floor and you're not using him that way, you're a fucking idiot. Right? I, yeah. I just think he gets he got bad intel. Maybe I think he should have kind of finished the season out, like helped his draft prospects. Yeah, I'm he's. Just, he, I'm just wondering if this year is going to be about the best coach because there's so much out mm. the window. Like who who is the best coach? Do you guys feel that going into the tourney? Probably Few. Mark Few. Yeah, I would say Mark Few. And with that said, I I don't trust Scott Drew at all. Yeah, he's he Dan is a uh, very anti Baylor, whereas me and. <laughs> And uh, Dan Holloway are are they're, they're your pick for the championship, right? To yeah, win. I think they're going to win. I just, you know, it's wow. how, how many times in, in the history of the NCAA tournament have we seen this unbeatable team come in to the tournament and get fucking knocked out in the second round or something like that? I don't even know if Gonzaga's going to make it. They are. Uh, they so are. I think they're a machine. I mean, they, watch, seem, watch, they seem like un, they seem unbeatable. Watching right Gonzaga, now, like, but, they're like an NBA, like a bad NBA team right now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, where, maybe where I, Baylor's maybe, like a really good college team. Maybe I have PTSD from the Chiefs. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, like I, you guys, you guys were on the Chiefs big time. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I wasn't heavy on it, but I because you never know with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay defense was the real X factor there, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, see, so I just have another uh, not not a theory, but I feel like on that game where they got they're getting action on both sides, they know it. I mm. feel like you just have to look, and this will be interesting to see as the tournament play gets kicked off in college basketball. But that line at minus three Chiefs. If they made it the other way, which you potentially could have mm-hmm. um, after hindsight, I think you wouldn't have gotten the public heavy on the Chiefs. The the minus three messes with the gambling brain mm-hmm. because you're going you're and and just from other professionals, a lot of people fire on recency bias. So they mm-hmm. see you know the, the Bills got knocked out you know knocked out the Arrowhead Stadium door. They looked like they didn't even belong there. They got. They got creamed, and so everyone's like, all right, well, recency bias, they look great. But if you set the line at Bucks minus three, then you start to play with your head. You're like, well, Vegas got Brady favored, da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, I don't know. I, I 
I studied five days. I did a podcast every day of the week on my first week on the volume sports uh, talking about the game. So I feel like I studied for a test and got an A. But, you know, once you looked at Eric Fisher out and Mitchell Schwartz out, you know, and, and I got to be honest, I hate you guys tell me this. If, if anyone's a father or married with kids over there, when Tom Brady kicked Giselle out of the house, that was the greatest move in the history of the Super Bowl land. I mean, we've never had a team at home. And then you're telling me the most dialed in biggest, I, I would say number one prep person outside of maybe Drew Brees in the history of the quarterback mm-hmm. position in Brady. He gets, he gets his film room to himself. He gets his Casper mattress to himself. He's got the avocado ice cream he doesn't have to share. I mean, and not he his got couch, though. Antonio Brown's newly, on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> Mahomes is a newlywed. His wife's pregnant. It's like, well, yeah. I'm sorry, who's sleeping better at night? It became yeah. an easy. Well, I mean, my, my theory was my theory. I guess that's a weird way to say that. I mean, the, the stifling nature of the, the Bucks front seven in, in particular, and then, you know, two people on one side of the line missing for the Chiefs should give anyone pause, but yeah. it's Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, I, I, I think I, he shit the bed big time. There's no way. Fuck the pressure, man. You, you're the goddamn quarterback on the field. You know how to defeat pressure. Michael Vick did it for years. There's a m- bunch of people eh. that have done this shit for Michael years. Michael Vick didn't successfully do it. <laughs> well, he Coming got, from an Eagles fan, no. Like he he, did, his he best got, season with the Eagles like still didn't, was not successful. <laughs> like Mahomes won a Super Bowl. They're, they're, at the end of the day, your line is the most important part of the For sure. Team. There's no question about that. But you know, there's ways to get, about, get around that. You have McCole Hardman and Tyreek Hill running slants all day. That's a fucking half-step drop. There's no fucking reason... He, they, and, and, and I guess more blame goes on Andy Reid because he's the one play calling. Yeah, right? it's on Reid. It really did look like the, it really did look like they uh, game planned like they had their normal line. Yeah, it's or stupid. So yeah. Andy Reid isn't one of those guys that's known for not waiting until halftime to make offensive corrections. He does it sometime, sometimes in the late first quarter, right? No, he's already he's, doing the stuff people do at halftime. So. I guess with the Chiefs, but with, with the Eagles, his rap was great before the game, never makes adjustments in game. Right, but that's not how he's – the last three years with the Chiefs, that's yeah. not how it's he, been. He kind of defaulted back he went to the back. Eagles. It, it's, yeah. like, it's like uh, uh, fucking Russell Westbrook getting panicked at the end of a game, a close game, and to start jacking up threes from half court and shit. <laughs> Relying and on like, his athleticism. He went, yeah, he yeah. went like fucking full-on hero ball, I guess. Yeah. Andy Reid, that was a huge mistake. He lost that game for those guys for sure. Uh, so speaking of – like you, you touched on this a little bit before. Um, how do you think gambling-wise, whether it's the lines or just how the teams do, how do you think – uh, it all being in Indiana is going to affect things. Do you think, for mm-hmm. example, maybe like uh, Big Ten teams who play in the area might have an advantage? Like they already fucking need one because they're all like that conference is the stupid, big, and they're having their conference tournament there. Yeah, like I so. mean, is, like what do you see playing out? Like wh- how do you see that affecting shit, both from Vegas's perspective and from the the teams? I would say that's a good question. I would I would pay a lot of attention to where the public is in Indiana because you're going to have a lot of homer picks. Mm for hometown teams and i think like looking at not to plug the super bowl again but the public was heavy on the chiefs so uh, going into indiana and the tournament you could see a lot of hoosier heavy i mean they lost as a dog the other day to michigan state you know a seven and a half eight and a half point dog or uh spread i believe in favor of them um and they just they look like they're having tough tough times stringing together two straight w's in mm. convincing fashion but i think you'll see a lot of and this is what I've learned, and I'm still a student over here. I mean, you know, I'm 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 studying the greats, trying trying to be great. And what they'll say is to really pay attention to not just the public, but also try to see there are trends. I mean, back to backs aren't as 
you know, prevalent in, in college as it is in the NBA. But I think it, with Pacers too, I'll see, I'll, I'll, I'd expect a lot of homer picks and a lot of people bet with their heart, mm-hmm. which is when I lose, I mean, I'm like, I'm like a half signs guy. Like I see, right. you know, I see a sign. I'm like, all right, well, I, you know. but the reality is it isn't. It's about being soulless at the mm. sports book um, and taking no prisoners going for jugulars only. And I really feel like the, the, if you can take the extra time to just study a little bit, because most people, and this is a tip I got from um, that, Billy Godfather guy, it's like when you're going to buy a car or you're going to buy a house, you're looking at every nook and cranny. And when it comes to betting, it's like we we fire in two minutes. Um, so, you know, if you do the Chris Berman two minute drill, it's not going to go well. Right. But if you take the time and just like, you know, Vegas Insider is a great website for hoop trends. Um, they give you morning hoop trends every day for college and NBA. I, I'd recommend checking them out. And, you know, you can study the FanDuel lines and see who the public's on. And a lot of the time, I mean, Vegas wasn't built off off of winners. So you just you can make a decent living if you fade the public. The public is correct, but not always. Going off that, though, uh, the more gambling's kind of come to the public eye. I'm kind of convinced the sharp versus square side. There's a lot of like false flag operations out there now. And uh, I'm just kind of like I'm kind of woke to it that like. Oh, they're going to tell us the the public side, or they're going to tell us like the you know where the sharp money is. I don't know if I uh, necessarily so buy you, into you that think anymore. they're you think these are all redditors that are trying to bankrupt Robinhood or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're trying to get you on that stock. So, oh, yeah. they got like bots out there. That there's are, so like, many. Th- I think there's some gambling bots out there. They're like, oh, this is the sharp side. This is the square side. Doesn't it seem to you like there's a? I, maybe this is just anecdotal, but I feel like there's a huge anti Big Ten bias this year. Like everybody, everybody I talk to seems to think that Big Ten teams are mediocre and they're just beating up on each other. Yeah, sure, the games are good, but they're going to be competitive against these other teams. I don't know the answer to that, but it does seem like the fact that the games are all going to be played and Big Ten stomping grounds might cause some more of that to happen, right? Uh, that if anyone thinks that they're fucking high because the Big Ten is really fucking. Good. I, I, that's loaded. what I think yeah, too. Yeah, I think the they've got four legit teams in that conference and a, a couple of close to legit teams. They, right? They've got. Like that conference has what fourteen teams? Probably mm. eight of them are capable of making the Sweet Sixteen. They're just a tournament Maybe. team, yeah. too. I mean that that conference always shows out. I mean, just go down the list of years. I mean, mm. just they, haven't they won a title out. though since Michigan State. That's true, but they 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 ruffle some feathers. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they mix they it get up. There. And I like. I I think there could be a dark horse. You know, Garza, Iowa. I mean, is there a world where you guys could co-sign on them to make a little no, final? No, no, we Probably we not. fucking hate Iowa. I don't hate right. Iowa. I, I like, fucking hate. I Iowa. like Garza. I like seeing them dump in points. I think but. I think their guard play is dog shit. And Luca Garza, we were talking about this on the last podcast. Luca Garza is really good, and um, he'll be probably good at the next level to some extent. But I swear to God, like. 60 to 70 percent of his hype is because his name is fucking luca and they're like oh luca oh there's another luca oh no, shit no it's because we we kind of robbed them last year with of like player of the year with obi Toppin. It, it's just kind of like a makeup call it's like oh we'll just give you player of the year this year i mean he, he's look he's putting in the numbers to be player of the year. Yeah, not, yeah for sure his numbers are unimpeachable but that team that iowa team to me is soft and i hate their guard play whereas like michigan and ohio state and both awesome, awesome guards. If we're, go- uh, if we're going to Big Ten team, that's going to make some noise. That I mean, we both. Like, I mean, we like we we like Illinois. We both like Illinois a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
I, Io Dinsumu seems like the type of dude that the whole country falls in love with in a march. You know what I mean? Like he's just like oh, yeah. Steph Curry back in whenever what was it twenty two thousand eight or whatever. Yeah, the fuck? like yeah. He's, and then Kofi playing number yeah. two. Yeah, Io is fun. Io it like looks like an NBA guard already. Like he looks like an NBA two, and he's just like he's just like a fun, good looking kid. Like there's nothing to not like about him. He's fast. He can shoot. He can he can give you a Sports Center like top ten play any night of the week. Uh, I think uh, Illinois, it would be a disaster for them. Like, it would take a disaster or a really bad draw for them to not make the Elite Eight as of right now for me. I guess I'm, just, a, I'm from San Diego, by the way. So my, my hometown team is San Diego State. And, yeah. and of course, the year we finally, I mean, I, I haven't recovered since the 98 freaking sweep of the Yankees Padres over here, uh, let alone <laughs> losing a, being in recovery as a San Diego Charger fan. Well, one time we got an opportunity to be a three seed or uh, then some. They canceled the tournament. Yeah, a lot of infuriating. But lot. you know, I like I like my boys. I think they're going to make a run. Uh, Matt, look out for Matt Mitchell, Jordan Shackle, um, mm-hmm. well coached squad with Dutcher, and uh, they're they're quietly spanking some very mediocre competition. I mean, they have a, their current position. They would be a five seed, right? Because they're in the bottom. Yeah. They're in the they're twenty one to twenty five. So that would be a five seed. Yeah, isn't roughly. isn't five the one that gets upset pretty much at least once a year? The twelve huh? five. Yeah, yeah that's actually, it's not a good. It's not good sign. This is a theory we have too uh, on the show that we've talked about several times and give your get your thoughts on it uh we think that uh the 12-5 matchup you know everyone likes it it's like oh there's always an upset there at least one do you think they kind of set it up that way now like it's become a narrative and they kind of want that like a self-fulfilling prophecy i I mean well i just want to know i want to be a fly on the wall with what the hell goes on in that committee i mean it's a fascinating i've always wanted to know i mean are they doing what what you guys are are they are they chiefing? Are they? Are they? <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's an it's in bruise. Are they laughing? They're like, oh, let's just fuck with everybody. Yeah. And, a lot know. of a lot of people get butthurt about shit like that. They want to protect the integrity or whatever. It's a fucking entertainment right. sport. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. So you don't have to script the outcome, but you can damn sure put two rivals against each other in the tournament. If you can, well, you they, can at least you can at least put them in the right uh, regionals. So if things go the way they should, these people are going to meet here. And they That's do what do you that. should do. Yeah, that. yeah. You absolutely. Fucking should. Uh, we want to see the best basketball being played, but we also want to see the most compelling stories. Right. You know what I mean? That's why the, the stuff you're saying about that kid at Illinois is important because ultimately, I mean, not just for him, it's important for the game because college basketball is struggling with identity right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, Most of I their agree. great players spend about 25 minutes playing basketball, and then they fuck off to the NBA. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so because like, most of their players go professional in something other than sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah mostly real, uh, real, real estate. estate yeah. Real estate, yes. Yeah. It's all real estate. Where, where do you guys lie with the college football playoff? Do you want to see it be an Elite Eight? Uh, yeah. Well, I went to UCF, so, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do, although I, I, there's no, I mean, frankly – and this doesn't this doesn't bode well for college basketball either. But uh, even if they did make kids stay longer, but there's no parity in in, in college football at all. There's three good teams. There's three teams each year that can win the title, and that's it. But I also don't. It's think been that, like that for a while. I don't too. think that changes if they expand it to eight. I, I think it's the I mean, same if, team. If you have more, same no, it's not, it's not going to change it. No, but I mean, maybe it does over time. Maybe the fact that eight teams are participating in the playoffs gives a better recruitment draw. But yep. even if that is the case, you're going to see less competitive teams from ranked. 40 to 60, right? Because all those kids are now coming to the major university. So it's that you're going to pay for it one way or another. I would prefer to pay for it and getting the best possible product on the field at the end of the season, because that's the whole goddamn point of all this. Right? By having eight? 
by having eight who after five or ten years of recruitment of of these these teams like maybe UCF, but maybe some of these mid-market or mid-level teams Get on the that, are now, that are now getting into the tournament on a regular basis, you know what right. I mean? Start getting better recruitment. They're stealing recruits from, actually, to be honest, it's probably 20 through 80 ranked teams are stealing all their good recruits, so those teams might start sucking. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, most human beings pay attention to the college they went to or grew up near or the top 25, and that's it, Right. right? So you think it'll ever shift? I mean, all we need, though, in college football is a couple of guys to not go be buried on an Alabama running back roster. Yeah. But, um, well, know, I mean, the just, transfer portal is I, – I love it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better. We, we, don't, gotten, have, we don't have, Joe, we don't have Joe, Joe Burrow without the transfer portal, right? Right. And that's, he, that's one of the most important seasons in modern college football We don't history. have Joe Burrow Absolutely. without UCF either. God damn it, dude. I'm going to shout here. He was never the same after that hit. We, we knocked him out. He came back through five touchdowns against us and was the best quarterback in the, in the country. You, so you think he got his bell rung and that made him a good quarterback? Is yeah, that, it like, like it, it like woke Gage, up, but in a good way. It woke like, up like a sleeper cell in him. Like he was rushing and just like clicked. Yeah. Got hit in the head with a frying pan. Well, to, to bring it back to college basketball, I have to imagine that people were probably bitching about that when they went from 32 to 64. In the tournament, well, sure, sixty-eight yeah. now, yeah, sixty-eight yeah. now, yeah, and, and still, who gives a shit? Like, it's like, I, although with the sixty-eight, I kind of agree. Like, there's like, all right, you want three more mid-majors and a dog shit like ACC yeah. team in there, whatever, that's fine. But football is different. I mean, if you put uh, if you put the best basketball team in the country, which is Gonzaga right now, obviously against the number thirty or forty ranked team, they're probably going to beat them by twenty points. But they could lose. But they there's they have a much any, better chance. Of there's beating, anything can happen if yeah. you put if you put fucking the, one of the top three uh, college football teams against anybody. That there's no way that team can beat them. It would take like a, mo- modern right. history shows us that there's like maybe a five ten percent chance that they could lose. You have to play a perfect game. Even yeah. coastal, a perfect game. Yeah. Coastal this year against BYU had to play a perfect game yeah. to beat BYU. Yeah. So you know, I don't think you. Isn't, isn't it? Isn't it fascinating though? Like that. That's to interject. But just the idea that like Saban's quarterback. I mean, he's won so many gosh damn times but the quarterback i mean i'm curious to see where mac jones uh, how he blossoms but i mean you go down the list it's like we don't even have an alabama quarter a mcelroy yeah how many guys that just like ohio uh, state's the same way though when, when, who are the big ohio state nfl quarterbacks yeah it's a Ever. Great question zero but they them. they at least have dynamic college quarterbacks usually. they they, they yeah. have college quarterbacks that everybody spends their whole fucking career talking about oh there's a pro style offense he's a pro style quarterback <laughs> clearly not motherfucker because everyone that goes to the nfl sucks every single one. jones is looking yeah. for work <laughs> we'll see about dwayne haskins i think there's a chance he could turn it around he's got the body no, for it but no chance he, i just i mean he's just gonna bounce around from mid-team to mid-team and never really have uh, what i would call a, a genuine opportunity to be good you know what i mean i mean what would you what would you guys change in college football to make it a better product like, um, would you, would it's got to be you start shit, with the expanded you... playoff i think we're also i'll start with the expanded playoff but i think we're also just kind of like in a fucked up time where something weird is that like it's we've discussed you know, it's like this. how would you change the olympics because of michael phelps like we just have a we have Nick Saban in there. We have and, three and good coaches in college football, and everybody else is like a like right. a high school gym teacher. Yeah, I yeah. mean, college football is all about. It, well, I mean, look, it's eighty percent recruiting, right? Being able to get the good, the right kids coming to your school, and then being able to motivate uh, and and stay on top of people like that. Look, an NFL head coach is responsible for ten people, maybe right? His his yeah. his top level coaching staff. And that's pretty much it. He, the communication between, uh, like, I doubt, I very much doubt a second string safety is spending a lot of time talking to Bill Belichick. You right. understand? 
But in college, you're responsible for every one of these kids. No matter how much staff you have, you're the fucking icon there. And, an, and their dad. Very, yes. Very, <laughs> very rarely is there a player at a university that, is, that, that their presence looms larger than the co- head coach themselves. And I think that's a fucking problem for college football, honestly. Not a, not a problem. It is a, it is a problem, I guess, that allows for the opportunity for the truly great to show that they're truly great and just how mediocre everybody else is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if there's a solution to that, to be honest. This might just be something that we need to become comfortable with. These people who can win two, three years in a row or be competitive in the playoffs for decades at a time, they're the best coaches that exist, and that's, there can be no argument about that. Yeah, and they get this godlike syndrome where yeah. they run the town and they can never get in trouble. So you'll see this with Urban Meyer right now in Jacksonville where he's like, wait, I can't do this? Like, when he goes to the NFL, when he's at Ohio State or even at Florida or whatever, he could kind of get away with some of these hires, with some of these yeah. people he brings in. In Jacksonville, he gets called out, like, mm-hmm. immediately because you're not in a college town. Anymore. You're not a guy. I got a, I got a thought for you. How, what if you castled, like, on the chess board mm-hmm. the college basketball one and done and the three-year minimum football and you swap them one year only in college football i think that shit would be riveting I-, I think it would change the whole game and i think it would actually it would challenge the sabins and the sweeney's to go out and find the next quarterbacks every year because I think it would shift to a quarterback league probably more so than a trenches system league that we're right. clearly looking at. I mean, what if we had a college football draft? Oh, so do it instead of oh, yeah. instead yeah. of scholies? I mean, wow, that's fast. Well, you, you still get your you 88 scholarships or whatever? No, Dude, well, why not? If you're, if you're paying for the kid to go to school, including their lodging and all that shit, I think they get 80, 80 to 90 scholarships plus – like right. another 30 half scholarships or some shit like At that. At that point, you, you got to pay him. So fucking that, yeah. pay him. It's yeah. legal right, now. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well fucking pay him. I mean, goddamn, it's legal. It's, just, it's legal for them to profit off of their image and shit now. So they, but there, there's, what, 120 colleges? Most of them are probably barely worth their scholarship. And then right. there's like 15 to 20 of them that are like then they worth make, hundreds of thousands. Then, I mean, you gotta, if, if you were to do that, obviously you would have to set the price accordingly. If the kids go into school for free and they get, they're getting an extra 10000 it's another 10000 they weren't getting before. So right. fuck them, man. So the I mean, best recruit in the world goes to fucking like Akron? With the first Maybe if they, pick, if like, they want to come out and what? pay him fucking, I mean, obviously there would be a cap on that shit, but if they wanted to come out and pay him more than anybody else is willing to, then absolutely. That's the way. I'm all in on the draft. Man. Yeah. I'm I, all in on the and draft. how fucking it would be two weeks of drafting for 120 teams. Yeah. I'd be in on it, free it would market. Be, it would be amazing. Dude. You have a, every team has a salary cap. Yeah. I'd be down with a salary cap. You pay players. <laughs> Even then, if it was virtual and the players weren't getting paid, but you had like a point system where you could, you had to fucking. So would it be like an auction draft? Like in it would fantasy ha- it would have football? To be, yeah. like like, it would be based on five star, four star, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. But then you're, you're at the whims of the people setting the star ratings as well. You know what I mean? So there'd have to be some kind of decision well, made and, there. And those star ratings oftentimes get for basketball and football. Mm-hmm. Uh, get artificially bumped up by who all of a sudden starts recruiting them. Right. Like yeah. if they're, it could be a three and a half star. Also, and then what all of a sudden, camps they go to? Yeah. Like yeah. it could be a three and a half star, and all of a sudden, like Duke and basketball or Alabama and football starts looking at right. them, and and two four sevens like, oh fuck, no, they're a four star. I mean, imagine the content ESPN would have if there was a college football draft. Right. And in I mean, the middle holy of shit, in the middle of baseball season when nothing's going on. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, that's when it would happen. It would happen. June. Right after the NFL draft, right? Yeah, probably like, like a month after that. May, or, yeah, June, something yeah. like that. The SEC yeah. would be so mad. Fuck them. Can we can we get a hundred thousand signatures for this? You oh got yeah, one right here, man. We could yeah. get 
Yeah, well, our show alone could probably yeah we could get do that. Up, That's get what I'm that saying. Up. Yeah, I, do, I think this is a riveting. I think we're making some headway. <laughs> uh, hey, we got to do some sponsors real quick just to yeah, uh, sure. you know pay the bills. Pay bitch. the bills. Um, first off, we got KillcliffCBD.com. KillcliffCBD.com. Uh, we like the Joe Rogan one, especially, right? The p- spicy pineapple. Yeah, it's uh, the, uh, what does it say? It's right there in the front. Flaming Joe. That's Flaming, it, yeah. The Flaming Joe. Yeah, it's the best one, I think. It's, uh, I, used to, I used to be a big fan of the Orange Kush for a number of reasons. One, because I like orange-flavored things. Also, because Kush means weed, and I like that, too. So uh, now it's, it's the Flaming Joe, which I don't know what that says about me. You just, <laughs> big you just like Joe. Guy, yeah. 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 Just a big flamer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Killcliffe CBD. Uh, first off, it will, as Ross always says, it will not make you piss hot. Uh, so it'll chill you out, give you the CBD you need, but you will not uh, test positive for marijuana or anything if you're in the army or a police officer, yeah. first responder, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, Killcliffe CBD, man, it's, it's great. Use the promo code Drinking Bros on their website. That's KillcliffCBD.com. Uh, we're also stocked full of the energy drink too. We're not. They're not our. I don't know if they're a sponsor or not, but I like the no. energy drink same a lot. Company. Yeah, yeah it's the same company. Yeah, same company. You can go to killcliff.com, and the same code works with the same discount. Yeah. Uh, and next up, we got, since we got our professional gambler on here, uh, mybookie.com. Mybookie.com is where we make all of our picks for college basketball, college football, the NFL, uh, when we're feeling really degenerate, like baseball or something fucked up like that well, i just I had a love, golf bet so golf I, yeah. I, I love betting baseball i don't know if you guys remember this but last year in the playoffs i called the first 13 goddamn games in a row what? so i'm baseball is not that hard to call but it is when you get on a bad streak you get on a bad streak i feel like because that, that's happens yeah. to me I, you I, it's I, i'll get like nine ten in a row and then all of a sudden it'll get weird and the playoffs are people like ross says the playoffs are easier to bet in i think it's way more difficult because let's say you have kershaw going right yeah like all right good job kershaw's going and the playoffs that's kind of maybe not the best example but uh (laughs) uh even if he pitches four great innings if the the game tempo changes somewhere if they have a long inning in the fifth right uh, and the, on the on the home side of uh, or on the away side of the offense or something like that, and he has to go back out there and pitch. That might end his fucking night. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's unpredictable in the playoffs. That is funny. Mm-hmm. That is the funniest fucking thing when your team is like got a little rally going, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, dude, you've been go- this is too long. Like, just get out. Like, I, he's getting cold yeah. in the dugout. Three <laughs> three runs is enough, man. Let's just or get him save back out there. some of those runs for tomorrow. How many fucking times in baseball playoffs have you seen a team score 13 and then go fucking one and two the next next two yeah. games? Well, the Dodgers did that to the to the Braves in one of the games, yeah. right? Dropped fucking dick on us in one yeah. inning, and then. Uh, we're both, See, we got some tortured Braves fans uh, yeah. at this point. And I'm a Phillies fan, so I'm, I'm happy well, with that, you're, too. Well, you're yeah. lucky to be alive right now. Yeah, that's true. As a Philadelphia sports and fan. And as a guy that read trading bases, I develop a formula every year that I give up on after about, like, three weeks. <laughs> so it's always uh, good. Anyways, on my bookie, you can you can bet on pretty much anything, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I, I mean, would say if, with the one thing with baseball, I would be more comfortable with player props than figuring out what happens in a game. Yeah. What do you, what do you, are you a player prop guy at all? I'm I'm an everything guy. Uh, we 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 fire on. I got a Sevilla La Liga bet going on right now at 12 o'clock Pacific, right after Liberty Cash first half and covered uh, this mm. morning. I'm I'm a big player prop guy. I mean, I think with with baseball, I was in the playoffs. It was fun to do first first guy to hit a homer because mm. the the odds are gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to hear about this 13 game win streak. What were you, what are you just doing the superstition thing, wearing the no, same thing? No, 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 no. Hour? How'd you do it? <clears throat> no, I'm autistic, right? 
So wow. I just like I it's my favorite sport, but I, I spend a lot of time uh, just playing game scenarios out in my head, and I, I just make some charts with some numbers on it, and then make a decision usually. But I, I think wow. overall, I don't remember what my total record was, but I won about seventy five percent of my bets. That was in starting in the playoffs. divisional round, yeah, first round mm -hmm. wild card. What's the yeah. soccer game you have? I'll uh, place it right now for Unity. I mean, I podcast. got. Hopefully, it's not fucking Arsenal because they keep getting the shit kicked out. Oh, of them. and God they're up one nothing. Let's go we're live on the cast, baby. One nothing, Sylvia. <laughs> I can't grab that. Uh. You're, wait, you're betting Slovenia? Sylvia. Sylvia. Oh, Sylvia. Yeah, I know what it yeah, is. I can't grab that. Yeah, I thought you said yeah, yeah. So like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, they're, that's... Uh, they, they have the number one D in La Liga. They haven't lost in uh, seven road matches, and they've won nine straight after losing yeah. Atletico Madrid. So uh, even money coming off a loss to Borussia Dortmund. But soccer will rip your soul out because... Mm. Oh, it does I, all the time. I, I, went, I went one and one. If you guys are a soccer guy, you don't have to mm. go too much into it. Our but producer is, yeah. This is where it makes no sense. All right, producer, I mean, tell me what the hell happened because PSG shits on Barca, comes back, loses to AS Monaco, my last name, mm -hmm. yesterday. Then you got Bayern losing to Eintracht Frankfurt. Say that five times fast. And you got Liverpool losing at Anfield to Everton. They just yeah. went to Budapest and beat RB Leipzig. None of this shit makes sense. None of it. College basketball, UFC minus 270s and fucking soccer it's, <laughs> it is it has been very bizarre this year i will i'll say that i mean the ufc I, on saturday i had, was, I had blades to win yeah. in tko yeah. and what was i think i mean i said it on my cast if there's gonna go one way lewis's way it's gonna be with his bowser right fist and i disrespected him i should have called it the hulk tied the you tied the most ufc knockouts in history did you see that uppercut and then he mm. just Ended his life on the ground when he was already flat as a board. After looking like Bambi on ice skates for two rounds. Well, he, yeah. was, he was feeling it out, I that's guess. What's so, that's what's so crazy. And it's interesting. You guys ever live bet UFC? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love live betting UFC. That was wild. Like uh, in the, the Usman fight, he was mm. minus 170 uh, against Burns after the first round. And he jumped to minus 800 after two. So if you liked Usman, you could have nabbed him at minus 170, which was better. Minus 270 odds than pre uh, because Burns was battling in the first round. And he was he minus 170 after he got knocked out or like knocked down. Uh, yeah, after the first round because okay. they don't really pop up until yeah. after the rounds. So, yeah, in between round one and two, Usman, Usman, Usman was minus 170. I know. Burns, could, pro, Burns probably should have finished him in the first. Yeah, see, that's my, that was fascinating because if McGregor did – I mean, that pop out the gate, why didn't he jump down his throat right then and there? It was like a respect for being from the same camp once upon mm. a time. I don't know. I, I, McGregor is – I think we all agree just lost the edge. Like, yeah, he, what, he, what does he have he, to fight for? Yeah. Nothing. Do you think he's? Do you think being nice? Like, what is this BS? Like, I don't know. He's too nice, so he lost all. I his don't edge. know. Why I mean, is he he, nice? I, I would. I would be surprised to see him fight again. To be honest, I don't know why. Uh, he would they're gonna run it back. DP. Why, for the third dude? Fight. Why? I just wanted to murder Jake Paul. That's all I really care about. <laughs> I mean, I anybody. I don't, I'm not a fight fan, so just why? I just want. Well, I got him. Jake Paul over Ben Askren, so. What? Yeah, oh, right, uh, I can't get into this. Swallowing the juice, huh? That's yeah. like he's like minus two seventy or something. I love the juice. Give me the juice. <laughs> All day. Yeah. Uh, we got one more sponsor real quick. Ghostbed. Ghostbed.com slash drinking bros. Go there. Get a great deal. What is the deal exactly? I always. Well, they've got a couple. So they, their President's Day deal is still going on. It's 40% off a bundle package. So you get uh, the any one of the mattresses plus the adjustable base, 40% off. Plus you get two free pillows with that. The standard deal 
Uh, if you don't want the adjustable bases, uh, you know, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, you get 30% off everything on the site. You also get 30% off everything on the site for life if you are a uh, veteran, active military, first responder of any kind, nurse, teacher, government employee, and um, they have a 36-month pay-as-you-go program with no interest. So it's that's kind of weird. I don't know why they do that. I wouldn't do it. They're but, nicer. Yeah, they're nicer than I am, obviously, yeah. which most people are. I'm <laughs> kind of a piece of shit, so whatever. Yeah, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. We got one in the office. We, we love it. Yeah, uh, I, I slept any, on any, it for a week. So. Has any, did you fuck on it while you were here? Uh, no. Nah, nah, I, I smell so bad. I haven't, I, like before yesterday, take before a I fucking, went to the gym. Take, I, a, take a sink shower and bang your girlfriend in the ghost bed, fuck face. What are you doing? <laughs> I was just trying to survive. It's a man. real missed opportunity. God, crazy it, Austin snowstorm just taking my power out for a week. If you didn't know if you were going to survive, that's even worse for, of you to not bang your I girlfriend. Agree, yeah. Like you, death is around the corner, and you're like, "I'm smelly. I don't want to fuck her." Yeah, nah, I mean, if you're freezing, if you're she, freezing, she didn't shave. Guess, so who gives yeah. a shit? If you're freezing to death in a cave, right? Your last words before you finally fucking nod off and freeze to death is. Oh, suck my dick. You know what I mean? So you should be doing something. Don't go out like that. I'm embarrassed for you. You may, I may find you for this. Is there, do we have a fine system set up here? I need to talk to the HR. Do people. we have a jar? That I throw a dollar in <laughs> the no fuck jar? It's just didn't fuck today. Here's a dollar. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, thanks, Ghostbed. <laughs> Ghostbed's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, all right, now we're gonna get into uh, some uh, some some picks for the coming week. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on them. Uh, these are college basketball games upcoming this week. These are all lines. Um, obviously, the lines usually don't drop till the day of, or maybe uh, a day before sometimes. Right. But uh, so we base it off Ken Palm. Do you fuck with Ken Palm at all? Oh, uh, I not necessarily, but I will now. Ken Palm. Back up. I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you ever heard the story, but back in the day when KenPalm.com, it's kind of like um, it's a huge analytical site for college basketball. Um, they get really fucking into it the same way kind of like fan graphs and baseball reference kind of revolutionized yes. uh, uh, baseball statistics online. Data golf. Yeah. yeah. Ken, Ken Palm is the same way for that. And the first like year or two that it existed, Vegas didn't know about it. And their, al- their algorithms were better than Vegas. And, uh, and um, a couple, couple uh, pros, a couple sneaky pros were uh, making a killing off of it. And then Vegas found out what was going on. And, and now their lines usually match really really closely like it's ken palm lines are pretty a pretty uh reliable indicator of what the what the game line is going to be um so we go off ken palm because most of these lines aren't up yet but uh starting out with kansas at texas texas is a two-point favorite uh texas has been kind of eating shit lately uh they're on a bit of a a bit of a the covid roll yeah, they, yeah, they've had the COVID break, and they just, they've, I mean, they've been playing tough schedule. The Big 12 is almost as good as the Big 10, and pretty much, in terms of percentage-wise, just as deep. They have fewer teams, so they have fewer good teams. But um, Texas and Kansas, this is kind of an interesting game to me because both of them have only been winning recently against the shittiest teams in the Big 12. They've both, they've well, been Kansas beat, just beat Tech. Kansas did just beat Tech. They, true, but they, nice they, they, were on an, they had just come off an 11-day COVID layoff. Mm-hmm. So, to go to our rule... I have Texas minus two because it's at home, and I feel like they need the win more than uh, than Kansas does right now. I mean, that look, they only lost by two to West Virginia. It's not like they get blown the fuck out. You right. know what I mean? So that, that was a game of execution down the stretch. You should expect a little bit of fucking douchebaggery and a little rust with that with any kind of time off, much less an extended period of time off. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to take this game. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna tell with you. I'm gonna go Texas. I like it. I mean, Kansas did look good. I was actually on Kansas against Texas Tech. Uh, I thought that was a that was a nice spot. Uh, but again, Kansas, uh, Texas, 14th in the country. They need it. They're they're angry after that 84-82 loss of West Virginia. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna roll with you. Is there any chance Texas shits the bed the rest of the season and Shaka? Gets, I mean, look, that's a no. Texas thing to do. They do it in football all the time. And Shaka oh, yeah. gets the, the, the door. Texas the may very well shit the bed. Shaka's not getting the door. You don't think so? No. They, no, no, they no. get bounced in the second round of the tournament. Who are they going to replace him with? Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's the Here's same the thing going thing on in Michigan. Too, you, got, you got Kansas probably looking ahead to your Baylor, to your mm. Baylor uh, right. squad. Yeah. Which is funny because there's a decent chance Kansas beats Baylor in that game because Baylor's coming off a long stretch Baylor of bullshit is, too. Baylor is coming up. Well, I think... I think Baylor has some games. Yeah, Baylor has get two games before Kansas. Mm, they'll probably be right there. So they and two they get a nice enough. they get a nice tune up against Iowa State. So they get a freebie. On I mean, Tuesday. I, Iowa doesn't even exist. Right. <laughs> that state doesn't exist. They I'm, do have to play, <laughs> and, and these are both home games too. They do catch West Virginia on the twenty fifth. That could be a tough. One, That's yeah. that that one worries me, but more than the Kansas game does. Uh, but yeah, I, I got Texas minus two on that. Even though both of them really fucking need that game i'll go mm, with i'll go with the home team uh like west virginia at tcu west virginia is minus nine this feels like a double digit win to me that's when it when there's a line i hate lines between like uh like uh, i hate like four to five mm. point lines you kind just of. hate tcu i do hate yeah fuck I don't TCU. Know why but i mean west virginia I, if i see TCU. some if i see a game and i'm like this has got to be a double digit win i'm i'll i take it usually yeah uh yeah, i'm weird. i'm not on that one I'm not on either side of that. That I don't. I don't. I don't believe in West Virginia enough. I mean, they're they've been on the climb recently, but I think that's. I think that is a. Uh, I think it's not real because other teams that have missed games have been losing and going down, and I think that's why they went up and not because they're a better team. So I, I'm not confident. I, I think that's. I'm not saying on your part it's recency bias or anything like that because look, tech, TCU sucks anyway. They just came off a loss to Kansas State, who yeah. is barely a Division Very One bad, team yeah. right now. Right. In fact, yeah. they lost to a Division II team this year, I believe. Kansas State, yeah. Yes. I just don't believe in West Virginia enough to give them nine points on anything. To That's be fair. I actually am a little worried about, like he said, uh, where someone said with the other game, they might be looking ahead to Baylor. Yeah, yeah, it's true, yeah. They've got them on uh, the, what, Thursday. Today? Yeah, Thursday, Thursday, the 25th. Yeah, this yeah. could be a game where TCU fires up a three at the buzzer, <laughs> backdoor shit. covers. Or you know. fouls. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Well, not foul, but well, no, yeah, a no, little foul, backdoor so, cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I'm swallowing the nine, baby. I mean, they're coming off that huge win against Texas. Dude, you guys see that 91-90 match the other, or game the other game? I'm sitting match. I'm in soccer mode over here. Did you see that that game the other day? Uh, that was Oklahoma-West Virginia? Mm. Yeah, Oklahoma-West Virginia. Yeah, that was a good oh game. Oh, my God. That's a uh, bad time for the under, gentlemen. 91-90, dude. That's a, that's a Wizards freaking Well, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, 58% of the time under. Yeah. Right? That's true. That's West, true. West Virginia, only 28.6% of the time. Really? Yep. They hit the Fuck. over almost every time. That's wild. Yep. That's good That's to know. Awesome. I yeah, think. I'm, I'm, I think. I'm, I'm going with it. I'm swallowing nine. I think West Virginia's defense gets a little overrated because they're like big. They're they they like well, if they you don't, just if they you, don't do press Virginia this year. Exactly. No. I think kind of almost like uh, they just, do, just like the Bob Huggins rep. They do turn defense into offense quite a bit, which is one of the key things from the Golden State Warriors run, right? Right. It's a big thing, and especially in college basketball where every possession matters. I think that's probably why they're fucking covering all these yeah. things. It is one stereotype in college basketball, though, that doesn't hold up this year. But uh, generally, all these stereotypes kind of hold up. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter like who's on the actual team. Like Florida State. When you think Florida State, what do you think? Large. Athletic. Athletic. Yeah. Can't yeah. shoot. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's on the team. It's going to be... 
super athletic, super disappointing in the tournament, maybe gets knocked out in the round of 32. I'm curious to see where the full court press comes in. Like, cause, cause Syracuse was down and they outscored Notre Dame the other, uh, last game, 40 to 12 with 1550 mm. left and they were down big. So that full court press 40 to 12, that's the stat I love. I mm. try to look at like one or two stats to stick out for me for the games so of why yeah. I'm taking it. That's why I'm going. Orange. I mean, most college basketball teams, unlike, I mean, some NBA teams are like this, but most college basketball teams have a seven or eight man rotation, right? I mean, like a legit rotation, you garbage time is a different story, but if you have a team that is less talented, but you have a 10 man rotation, like a legit, all the guys are, are, pretty good at that you can run that fucking full court the whole game if you yeah, want but if you th- we've seen teams do it before you throw any little wrinkle or small wrench into something for college like kids shit down their leg oh yeah they they do yeah. not know how to handle any type of adversity or like any type of change especially not these days no 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 um i'm sure that uh the old unc teams in the 90s probably could have handled it yeah yeah eh. they would have just dunked on people what they wouldn't have done is called a timeout with no timeouts left michigan get fucked <laughs> I still remember the North remembers assholes. Um, what, what's now next? they're coached by one of those dudes. Yeah, now uh, yeah, I know, right? Alabama at Arkansas. Arkansas has been real fucking hot, and it's and they're a dog at home. Plus Arkansas plus one is what I'm on. Also Arkansas, I forget the dude's name. I meant to look it up, but uh, they have one, some impact player who they uh, in the f- five games he's missed, they're one and four, mm. and all the other games they're they're pretty fucking good on it. Um, Alabama, this is uh, we talked about this last episode. So, and you mentioned this earlier about the Big mm. Ten. People are like, are the, "Is the Big Ten good, or they're just all yeah. mediocre and beating up on each other?" I think the Big Ten's really fucking good. The SEC is doing the same thing as the Big Ten, wherein they're all kind of eating each other. Except the SEC is entirely mediocre. Mm. I watch a lot of SEC basketball because I'm a Missouri fan, and all those teams I watch, I'm just like, I, dude, like, I, none of you look. Like they don't. They teams. don't look sharp. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alabama's lost its last two games against ranked opponents. So it's. I mean, they're another one that are climbing the boards, but I think that might be a little bit uh, misleading because Houston got rocked and went down like six positions, and a lot of other shit happened too. So Houston I, lost to East Carolina. Yeah. Come on, that's, yeah, well, that's not a good. Hey, you lose. Team. The, the, there's something to be said, I guess, about the quality of your losses. If I if I see a team at the end of the year and they're let's say they're twenty and ten. But the 10 losses are all two three-point losses. That makes me very suspicious of that team's ability to close out games. You know what I mean? If their losses are big, that just means sometimes they lose focus. And in a seven-game series in the NBA, I don't care about that shit. I expect them to win four games in that series and probably lose two by double digits, maybe 15 or more, right? So it's, it's, I guess it's how you read the tea leaves. I think Alabama is a pretender up there at number six, frankly. Oh yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think they're a top fifteen team, but not a top five. I, or I would 10 say team. there's going to be well at this point the SEC is eating itself so mm-hmm. much that um, that they might they might not have any high seeds, anything mm-hmm. higher than like a four. That's not necessarily bad for them though, to be honest. I mean, if you if you're a, if you're a legit number five ranked team, if you should be there, but you're not there because the other teams in your division are beating you up, then you get that fucking eight nine seed. Your pathway technically to the to the championship got a little bit easier right there, right? If you're I mean, a ten or a seven, yes, because yeah. you're on you're on the other side, yeah. you're away from the one. Yeah. yeah, eight nine, you catch the one in the second round. Yeah. Um, but what do you what do you think? Arkansas, Alabama. I just looked it up. I mean, ninety to fifty nine, Bama routed Arkansas last month, my friend. 
Um, that's that's a spanking three players in double figures. I love Petty. I mean, the guy, dude, he's like Van Wilder. Petty's dope. Basketball, yeah. bro. How long has the guy been there? He I mean, literally. He was a freshman there. with Sexton. Yeah, he's been Out there as he's been there as long as Draws was at PCU when Jeremy <laughs> Piven played him back in the day. That's classic. Jesus no, I mean, it's, it smells like a trap game because they only beat Vandy by four, didn't cover uh, last game, uh, Bama that is. But mm. I, I'm sorry, I got to go. I got to go, Bama. Dialing in here, getting ready to win the SEC tournament. Hopefully. If there's even a tournament. I say, I, I say skip the conference tournaments. Just fuck it. Well, like, I mean, you're, you don't allow for that mid-level team to jump up if they win the tournament, I guess. Yeah. Or a team that or even make noise in the in tournament. General, yeah. yeah. But, Fuck them. I, I'd rather they had all season to make noise. Exactly. Exactly. Like, do you really need like fuck your extra games? I, <laughs> if they beat Alabama, does Eric Musselman go shirtless? Hey, probably. Yeah, I think he, he pops. He is top. a Musselman, so well, why no, not? No. You no. remember it in Nevada? Never mind. We'll move on. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I vaguely remember that, but yeah. Uh, Tennessee at Vandy, sticking with the SEC. Uh, Tennessee's at Vandy. They are only a seven-point favorite. This feels like a double. This is one of the ones I'm talking mm-hmm. about where it's like I think they're a double-digit win. Vandy, like as an athletic department, is, is pretty checked out. Is Jerry Stackhouse still there? Like, uh, has he I know not S- been fired yet. Scotty Pippen's kid is still there. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, pretty sure he was on the edge of trying to get fired. Yeah, I mean, no, the, the whole yeah, he is still there. Uh, nobody, like the the whole athletic department's checked out. They've canceled a lot of sports. I can't imagine, and it doesn't feel like anyone's having fun there. Uh, Vanderbilt's had some. A couple interesting games, like in terms of like scaring some people. What are you talking about? It's fucking Vanderbilt, dude. <laughs> I don't want to hear about this shit. God damn it! I'll, I'll swallow the nine. Yeah, the seven. The seven. Yeah, fuck seven. Vanderbilt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Vanderbilt's gonna get rocked. Are you kidding me? I like Ten- it. Tennessee needs it, man. I, and Tennessee, that's the like thing. They, Tennessee they, really they, fucking. They need this game to improve their position. They're, they split with Missouri. They lost uh, to Kansas, right? So they're yes. they're like two or one and two against ranked teams. They need to fucking close out the season strong. And if they do have a tournament, they need to try to fucking win the goddamn. Oh no, thing. they beat Kansas. Uh, they did beat Kansas. Yes, so but which, what was the other ranked game they lost? Then they lost to Missouri. They uh, lost. They, they did lost to lo- Alabama. Yes, and Florida. Uh, Florida, but Florida uh, Florida wasn't ranked at the time. I don't um, think so. But they, Florida's a high ranked analyst. Like the tournament selection committee, mm-hmm. like likes Florida. Okay, so they're they're two and one then against ranked teams. Yeah. No, they're two and two because Alabama, they lost to. So, they need they need, they got to close this out pretty strong. They've already beat Alabama once. That's probably, hopefully, they're not thinking about that right now. But after they win these next two games, they should be thinking about it, right? Because you have the confidence now to know you can go in and beat Alabama's currently yeah. ranked six. If they can, if they if they went out, there's a good chance they're in the top five, and you could beat that. I guess that's why you play these conference tournaments. Although, every additional risk of exposure to. Uh, COVID is, is going to make, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know and if, if they're going to, they look, lost a billion dollars last well, year. And if you tournament. look historically too, uh, conference tournaments don't really affect seeding at all. No, those mid, the mid majors sometimes will get a, a team into the tournament that wouldn't have otherwise been there. Right. But, but like if you're a, a five seed before the, ter- the conference tournament and you win three games in the conference tournament, yeah, it's not gonna it doesn't really yeah. change uh, your seeding. Another thing to keep in mind too, uh, why it's fucking stupid to play these conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, is a TV moneymaker. Yeah. The conference tournaments are in-person moneymakers. Mm. There's a whole thing around them. Like in Kansas City, the Big 12 tournament every year, it's like basically like a fucking festival downtown in the Power and Light District in Kansas right. City. It's the same way um, where the Big Ten and the Big uh, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC has it in Nashville. Like these are 
they are typically where they make their money is in person events. It's the in person yeah, events. I was in Vegas for the Mountain West last year. You never see so many San Diego State. Yeah. Wait, isn't is the, WCC too? Right? Is the Pac-12? Pac-12 does Vegas too, don't they? Those WCC. Yeah. yeah. It well, might be all of them. They, I think they they bounce around, but yeah. Okay. That was actually right when COVID was happening. It was crazy because I was doing an MGM event uh, and then I was flew back and that was the end of civilization. <laughs> yeah. No, it's they're not TV money makers. They are they are in person live events. It's uh, it's really weird. Uh, yeah. uh, Iowa. There's a lot of good games. Iowa at Michigan. Michigan minus three. I've said it earlier. I think Iowa uh, is soft as fuck, and I think Michigan is really fucking good. Michigan. And to a lesser extent, Ohio State now, because I actually, after watching Ohio State play Michigan, I kind of hate their lack of size. Like, EJ Liddell's the biggest dude on the team, and he's 6'7". And, and Ohio State is 1-4 against teams that have a 7-footer. So uh, they kind of scare me if they, if they find some team that has a 7-foot guy. Right. But Michigan is yeah. Michigan seems like they don't have any holes. Yeah, you got Hunter Dickinson against uh, Luka. Yeah. It's a good matchup. Yeah, that one and four stat, I, I gotta, I gotta tell that they're one and four against seven footers. I like it. Can I, can I get like the greatest drinking college basketball W of your guys's trio together? Like the the greatest win a game you gambled or your team won. Good time as, as homie. This dad gets up. Yeah, he's got to take a piss. You know, but, no, I'm, piss, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Like I. I well, I would love to hear. So I'm looking at the unbelievable display. I'm ready to slam a bottle like it's Fast Times at Ridgemont High over here. Man, I, I'll tell you what. Like the in terms of drinking college basketball stories, my favorite thing I ever did was we. Uh, I was at Mizzou. Uh, I graduated in 2009, and that year they made an Elite Eight run, and and uh, that was the year Blake Griffin was at OU. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it was like some sorority dad's weekend. And like my buddy had his girlfriend. I, I, my favorite thing about college basketball is like college football, you know, you tailgate and it's, it's fun. You're out in the stand, you're out in the parking lot and you can go in and you're drunk and everything. But college basketball is all like sneaky drinking. You know what I mean? Like you're sneaking in like airplane bottles and shit and just getting like fucked up while no one around you is fucked up. Like you're one of like four drunk people in like a hundred person radius and uh, anyway, this girl who my fraternity brother was dating, like, brought her dad to the game because her dad was, like, from Chicago. He wanted to go to a college basketball game. And Oklahoma, it was two ranked te- two highly ranked teams, like, two top 15 teams. And, uh, yeah, I just spent the entire game, uh, like, making her father horrified while blackout drunk and screaming everything that you could possibly scream that's horrible at Blake Griffin minus anything, like, racial or homophobic. But just, like, anything else, like, you fuck dogs, anything like that type of thing. And uh, yeah, I really just enjoyed. What's your problem with Blake Griffin? Nothing. When he was at he seems like a nice guy. No, it was just it was, was in the Big Twelve. It was a Mizzou game yeah. when he was in the oh, Big Twelve. I, we, yeah. I was blackout drunk in the stands. That commercial he did where he was spinning the basketball and then it just stopped on his finger and he just didn't break eye contact with the camera the whole time was one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah, remember that one? That was good. Love that. But yeah, he's uh, college basketball. There's probably more shit talking than the NBA. You would suspect. Oh, right? for sure. I will say, but uh, I think two tournament, two or three tournaments. It was 2017. I uh, missed a 10-team parlay by one game, and it was the last game. Oh, I th- damn. And it was, I only bet like 100 bucks. It was like going to be like a $32,000 payout. Oh, that's brutal. That's where that cash-out option is huge. On the, right. On the I, I, uh, I wish I had had that offer. <laughs> I would have taken it in a second because I was in a job I fucking hated. I would have taken like 16K or whatever the fuck and just fucked off for a while. 
Right. But yeah, yeah. I was I was asking what the the greatest college basketball drinking W of your illustrious drinking gambling career has been. The best drinking. It doesn't have to be college basketball. I just I'm looking at I'm, the alcohol's got me in the mood to get you know. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know about for college basketball particularly, but I was at so I went to Penn State, right? Um, three years ago, Ross and I went to the uh, whiteout game. It was Ohio State at Penn State, and Penn State had dominated the entire game. And with like thirty, this with Saquon, yeah, okay. with thirty seconds left. And Bosa was out at that point of the year, too. So Ohio State's defense was not what it was uh, at the beginning of the season. I think he went out versus Texas Tech or some shit, or TCU early yeah. in the year, yeah. Um, anyways, I'm a, I, I don't enjoy human misery, but I do enjoy <laughs> when people who get way too into something get disappointed by it, you know what I mean? Like when everybody was butthurt about the ending of Game of Thrones, I'm like, it's a fucking TV show, man. Relax. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting in this. It was a record. It was the biggest crowd Penn State's ever had, bigger than any game I ever saw. Um, I think there were 112,000 people there, and everybody is just losing their shit, talking all kinds of shit. They're about to win against Ohio State, who I think was ranked second in the nation at the time. I'm sure, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all the energy got zapped out of that place. (laughs) And Ross, who is an Ohio State alum and fan, is losing his mind and having a good time. All the Penn State fans are butthurt and pissed, and I'm, we're rocked. We drank uh, for probably 16 consecutive hours at that point, and I'm I'm just kind of quietly looking around, just absorbing and enjoying that moment. It was it was one of my favorite things of all time. I like that honest. you it, I like that you like human misery more than you like your alma mater. Yep. No, well, fuck, I don't give a shit about <laughs> yeah. Penn State. Uh, but no, it's not about the misery part. It's it's about the juxtaposition of like a good of, anticlimax. Yeah, it's like. All the way up and then snatch that. So Evan Hafer, the founder of Black Rifle Coffee, one of the things he likes to do, he's been trolling his dad for years. One of the things he really likes to do is to sneak little like father-son moments right up to the edge and then snatch them away. So one time, uh, this is the best example of this I've ever heard. So he was coming back from a deployment, I think, to Afghanistan and uh, was driving over to his dad's place in Idaho and uh, saw a dead snake on the side of the road, rattlesnake, right? So he picked it up and put it inside of a fucking cooler that he had in his truck. Drives up to his dad's house. His dad's working on something, like a car or some shit out in, out, uh, in the garage. And he, pull, he brought over the fucking cooler. His dad, by the way, is like 80 years old. <laughs> he brought over the cooler and was like, hey, I stopped and got you like a sandwich and some beers and shit from the store. And he opened it up and, oh, fucking, it's a goddamn snake. <laughs> that, to me, is hilarious. I love that shit. Because everybody takes themselves and life way too fucking seriously. This is all bullshit. None of this is real. We're in a goddamn computer simulation right now. Just calm down, enjoy what you can, and move on. Drink some beers. Yeah. What about you? What's your best story with that? Man. Um, wasn't prepared for you to toss it back. To be <laughs> Just honest. throw it back at you. So many good beats, bad beats. He's a I big mean, tennis guy, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, he, he loves betting tennis. I I have I got, not. I took the Joker and Osaka. I went two for two over the weekend. I mean, maybe. man, if there, if there's a sport where you can predict the winner pretty fucking easily, it's what I want to do is the producer of our gambling show in Vegas made a living off in the doll, the Joker, and Federer for like three years because they just that that period mm-hmm. where they're all at the top of their game. Yeah, they. I think right. uh, they all they have like 58 titles since 2003, and the rest of the field has 14. Oh. And and by the rest of the field with those fourteen, six of them are Murray and Warwinka, Varvinka, however you fucking say his name. Who has more parity, college football or tennis? 
College football, fucking definitely college football. So that's 81% of the, the tourneys were won by one of those two guys. Three. You, three, yeah. One of the three guys? Yeah. Jo- okay. Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. Okay, so that's pretty good. Right? Nadal and Clay. I mean, you just lay a small amount on each one of them in every fucking tournament and still come out way ahead. Oh, yeah. At those numbers. Oh, oh fucking yeah. So why not? I guess your buddy did all right making the fucking making that a living for a while. Who I don't know if we're going to yeah. see that. I mean, you could bet that LeBron James is going to be in the playoffs, I guess. Every year, but yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking him to win MVP. Uh, oh, I, took it yeah, plus, yeah. I fired a plus 280. Now it's down already. Uh, I think it's a it's a lock. Yeah. Um, you know, unless Embiid decides to not sit out every third game. But do you think this is a legit MVP or kind of like a, a lifetime uh, achievement award MVP? It's a little, it's a little both. Yeah, it's yeah. A little both. he's still playing yeah. really fucking well. Well, yeah, he's LeBron. I think he should probably he should, he should probably have like eight MVPs. He should hit you a know wall what I mean? at some like, point. The same way Jordan should probably have like five or six or seven MVPs. But yeah, I looked it up. There's like thirteen. I think Giannis is the thirteenth dude ever to win more back to back. He ain't yeah. winning ever again. The last one was Steph Curry before him, right? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and then Larry Legend won three yeah. in a row. That'll that'll probably Burn. not happen again. Uh, yeah. uh, we got one more game here, or yeah, one more game, uh, or no, two more games. I'm sorry, Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State minus one. Wow. Think Iowa is pretty soft. Uh, I want to say Ohio State. Ohio State did beat them. Uh, Ohio State's weird thing, by the way, is you know I told you the seven foot thing. They're one and four against seven footers. That does yeah. not apply to people who are six eleven. <laughs> they are just fucking fine against dudes with teams with six <laughs> eleven dudes on them. It's for whatever reason that extra inch just fucks. Also, Garza is probably six ten. If he's listening right. to six eleven, exactly. he might be six nine. Who yeah, knows? exactly. I think I got. I can't see. Is Iowa going to go zero and two back to back this week? I mean, in four straight. It sounds like it sounds like a crazy proposition, but they're playing Michigan and Ohio State on no, the road. No, yeah. I like I like Michigan. I think I got to go Iowa and an Ohio State game at the moment. I mean, it's geez, it's Sunday. It's a week out. You know, I yeah. like to wake up and decide based off the Michigan. If I have to fire right now, I'll I'll say they go one and one and and beat Fair. beat Ohio State. I'm gonna say they lose Ohio State. I just want to see Fran McCaffrey lose his mind again. <laughs> That's always the best Iowa game. Speaking of uh, nepotism, Fran's kid is a is a guard on on <laughs> Iowa too. Yeah. yeah, a lot of coaches' kids in the league, and then Nova at except Butler. Kentucky. Uh, Calipari made his kid transfer. Good, I love that. Nova I love that move. We got we got the line on Nova Butler. Uh, Ken Palm has it at ten, and Butler sucks. Yeah, and but you love to shit on Nova. For I some do reason. love to shit on Nova, but Nova needs a blowout. They will. Nova yeah. needs a big big boy win here. They'll be fine. Yeah. They should cover ten. You not? You, no one's really even talking about Nova this year. Fourteen and three right now. They they missed too many games. They had that month long COVID break. I know. Kind of killed their momentum. <laughs> yeah. But. Them and and uh, St. Louis and Baylor. There's been a couple teams that have just like lost. Man, they had the recipe though. They have a lot of yeah. Like, I got upperclassmen. They, they beat, yeah. They got Nova that. Beat, Nova beat Baylor eighty five sixty six earlier in the season. So hey, so this uh, I was and just, they have an Italian that can shoot. So like that's just the Villanova recipe. It is actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the last several MVPs in the NBA, and it's pretty fascinating. Giannis, uh, the last two, James Harden, Westbrook, and Curry, all of them had the highest PER in the league. Every single one of them. Wow. And now Embiid is about. A full point ahead of uh, Jokic and LeBron's not even in the conversation. So why would he win MVP if that's the measure? It seems like LeBron is at twenty three point nine, 
Embiid is at 31.7. That's not even close. Yeah, Embiid right? doesn't play every oh, game. For sure, but yeah. Nikola, Nikola Jokic does. The Joker does. And yeah. he's, at, he's at 30.9. He seems like a way better If candidate. I was to put money on somebody other than <clears throat> LeBron, it'd be. So you really do think this is like – is the NBA or the writers or whomever votes? They're they're saying this might LeBron's playing great this year, so we can get away with giving him one more MVP, and yeah. he might suck next year. You think that's what it is? It feels the like number a, the numbers don't say MVP to me, not based on the last five fucking years of voting. Where's Doncic at? Uh, Luca is at twenty six point eight. He's uh, which would be sixth in the league. Okay, he was, he was the favorite before uh, the season started. He's going to be the favorite every year he plays in the NBA, probably. I mean, <laughs> unless he gets hurt because he's such a dynamic player. He can, he's one of those guys that will probably at some point have a stretch of two or three years of triple-double averages in his career. Oh, for sure. Right, so it's and, coming soon. And not, am I going to piss anyone off here, not an empty-ass triple-double like Russell Westbrook puts <laughs> <Yeah>. up? <laughs> well, when you shoot 22 times a game. Right. You know what I mean? And you have a, what was his usage, usage rate, like 39% that year? or something obscene. like that? yeah. yeah. Come on. He's, he is the greatest fantasy basketball player of all time. For sure, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. If you don't count misses. <laughs> yeah, if you don't play with that league. Yeah. Uh, so, now, uh, Alex, we're getting to our, our favorite segment of the week. Right. Um, we love college basketball, and we love uh, – one of the things we especially love about college basketball is how it gives so many opportunities to so many people who you just would not assume would be playing high-level athletics at all. Um, and so this is our future real estate agent of the week. Uh, we always pick uh, kind of like, I, you know, Beheim, your boy Beheim would be a good uh, candidate if he weren't a coach's son and thus going to immediately become like he an, will assistant be an assistant coach. coach yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a grad assistant for like half a year and then he's an assistant and then it just goes from there. So we like then to they just give him the Syracuse job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then he just it just becomes a full-on nepotism thing. But our future real estate agent of the week this week, sometimes we like to do, uh, you know, some dude on Wisconsin or something like that. But lately, I've been really into the, the um, mid-major. Well, we covered San Diego State, actually. We did. Yeah, that was actually an early episode, that, I feel like. That was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, in, I'm really into mid-majors lately, though. So I'm going with uh, sophomore Mike DePersia, 5'11 guard from the IUPUI Jaguars. <laughs> Uh, originally from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and this guy. And There's we, a lot of athletes. From why Cherry are you just Hill, picking on Pennsylvania right now? <laughs> You've gone like back to back to back on Pennsylvania. I'm not. They just. This is just where they're from. You're producing a lot of real estate agents. I don't know what to tell you. He's gonna hit that Delco market hard. Yeah, he's he's absolutely <laughs> gonna go back and hit the hit the Delco market. Uh, he plays, and he's not a scrub. He's not a walk on. This isn't like I don't like to pick on the walk ons. I think walk ons are impressed. This is like a guy who plays real minutes, and uh, contributes a little bit to the team. Only five points, but four assists, three and a half rebounds a game, uh, 30 minutes a game his sophomore year. <laughs> and according to his LinkedIn, he is pursuing a lifelong dream of playing Division One basketball while, while growing my knowledge and connections at one of the best business schools in the nation. Well, good for him. Yeah. He is... It's not as impressive as, our, as the last LinkedIn we looked at where the guy, one of the guy's skills was speaking English. But that was his only. <laughs> wow. Language. So this guy's more like the hustle Twitter mentality. Yeah, yes, this guy is hustle Twitter. One of he's a three seven two GPA, and I will say, unlike the English thing, he actually has a skill that I, I respect. A uh, anyone putting really, but especially like a sophomore in college, he uh, is going to things. He's going to have things outside of real estate too. He's going to yes, have multiple. He, baskets. he knows how to use Microsoft Excel, so yeah. he's going to be able mm. to make a spreadsheet. And since he's from Cherry Hill, he's probably going to run his own book too, right? Right. Well, I mean, Cherry Hill has produced some some amazing athletes. 
Yes. Muhammad Ali's from Cherry Hill. Mike Bibby's from Cherry Hill. Uh, Jim Bunning's from Cherry Hill. There's a lot of guys from up there. He, he might a good have been on dealership in Cherry Hill. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably where he'll end up working. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, Randall he, Cunningham is from Cherry Hill. God damn. Jeez. What, it's, it's, what is it's this Philadelphia. place? It's Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, it's Philly. Uh, it's gonna, right across the border. Okay. Oral, uh, Oral Hirschheiser as well. Todd Hollinsworth. Wow. A lot of guys from there. So this, it, this strikes me as a guy that probably could have uh, maybe walked on at a power five school or power mm. six. Like maybe like he could have walked on at a Ohio state. You think or so something. he's averaging five points in 30 minutes a game. You think he could have walked on at a major. Well, he's not going to see the court there, but he went to the, he went to the mid major to get to see court to actually see the court. Yeah. yeah, And he's seeing it and he's averaging five points in 30 minutes. It's called being a locker room manager and then becoming a walk on when they run out of scholarship players. Okay. It's called the Mark. Titus. No, he, it's called like fucking going Jeff Galuli and kneecap and somebody so you can get out on the court. Look, I'll, I'll read you the rest of his LinkedIn. All right. He's I don't all, need to hear he's his a, LinkedIn. <laughs> God damn it. He's also, his skills include communication as well and his interpersonal skills include leadership and teamwork what kind of people are vouching for him on here uh, is it a bunch of assholes it's probably people that are part of his pyramid schemes yeah yeah, yeah. and he's, he's got an amway account he's in verve energy uh, under still around <laughs> under other skills <laughs> under other skills he lists hardworking. so wow I he's mean, legit how do you pass much, that up that's pretty much it <laughs> hired you're hired brother like oh my god Someone and someone vouched for it. That's great. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Mike De Persia, which is a great jersey name. By De the way, De is a good name too. Yeah, I like that one. That uh, would look good on a billboard or a bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe future uh, real estate agent of the week. I mean, he's five eleven. He's grabbing three and a half boards. It's not bad. And four. He's a sophomore too. The four assists and three and a half boards are legit. The five points. Uh, Total hustle player. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. And we, yeah, what I couldn't find was how often he uh, dives on the floor, but I bet it's a lot. They should. They should start. Keeping that like track of that stat, right? No, I would. For, if for that us. were the case, dudes are just going to start diving on the floor. <laughs> we'll I mean, can you? How, how much? Stat. How if, do, are they tracking flops? We got to put value on white kids. Like I know the NBA is actually finding people based on the t- flops. There's a tier structure to the fine system for flopping, so the NBA is tracking the flop stat now. Put that shit on the goddamn internet, man. I want to see, see that. It. You know what's funny? I they I, I don't Harden. know what the yeah. Flop. Oh my God. James I, James Harden shouldn't exist oh, in the NBA. I the Clippers lie bows I rate. That that whole like how the fuck in the last seven seconds of the game or eleven seconds, whatever it was, do you give James Harden an offensive foul call? He doesn't play defense. No, no, no. Kawhi got the offensive foul. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah you don't you don't yeah. give that to a guy that doesn't play defense. Yeah, he was that just was flopping trash. his body in the that was trash. Total shitbag move. Thank you. That was a total shit. I was at uh we were at Loro, uh yeah. Aaron Franklin's barbecue place last night and uh Walking back from getting a drink, and I'm looking at him like 11 seconds left. I'll watch this right quick because I'd watched some of the game earlier, and I saw that play. Like Kawhi Leonard is a master at getting to the hoop without getting hit very hard and getting the ball in somehow. Yeah. Right? He's good at avoiding contact. James Harden clearly fucking pushed his body into him, but even if that were the case, he's in the fucking restricted area. One, when he made right. contact, and two, James Harden doesn't play fucking defense ever. That was God a, damn it. That was a mystifying call. Yeah. I mean, if it was like a fucking 3 and D guy that came up and took a charge or something like that, yeah. you give that guy the benefit of the doubt because he is a professional at making that move. James Harden is a piece of shit <laughs> at defense. Terrible. Not only does he not try, even when he does, he doesn't do well. Do you think they should have a uh, uh, just like more effeminate call for the flop? Because in college, it's this. Uh, yeah, I think it should be like just a shake weight, <laughs> a shake weight jerking off into yeah. your fucking face. And uh, look, you got to know who the floppers are, right? LeBron and 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 uh, Harden are going to lead the league every year, 
right? Probably, along but, with, I, honestly... Uh, do you know how mad LeBron would be if there was a flopping stat on ESPN's fucking stat board? Oh, he, he would, that would ruin his whole life. He would be like, fucking racist, flopping, you kidding me? <laughs> oh. Well, this kid, Mike DePersia, probably takes like 13 charges a game. That's the oh, only way he can get on the he's, court, though. He's LeBron a, he James can He's a nut cover. Yeah. yeah, he's a nut cover charge taker. LeBron James can dunk from half court, man. He doesn't need that. Right. We, we have it. a we have a save theory. that shit for everybody else. That's like a fucking billionaire trading penny stocks. Like, hey, leave us alone, dude. This this was for us, <laughs> asshole. We we have a we have a, a theory or not theory, I guess philosophy on the show that you shouldn't be able to get a charge call if your hands are over your nuts. You have to at least put your hands up mm. to like act like you're playing defense, even if you're still just sliding over there. Charges to take a- in college basketball were created during the civil rights movement to give white kids a fair shot. Yes, charges <laughs> are affirmative it's action. It's reverse affirmative yes, action. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. Uh, but man, that that is uh, fucking it for us. Do you have any? Uh, final? Tell us where everyone can find you yeah. first off. Talk about oh, your yeah, show. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I had a freaking. I had. I I just had a real realtor of the week, dude. Jacob Gilliard, Richmond guard, leading the country in three point five steals. Go get some leads from some other real estate offices. <laughs> Disappointing season Let's for Richmond, go. but. Other than that. Uh, yeah, no, there you go. Um, no, I had a great time, boys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, oh, Alex, Mo- Alex Monaco, uh, Moneyline Monaco is the show. Sports gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Um, obviously, the volume sports. M- might as well plug everybody. Yeah, um, absolutely. Renee Paquette, by way of the uh, AEW, has a great show on there. Um, uh, Akib Talib has a great show mm-hmm. called Catch and Fades. Yeah. just had Michael Irvin on. Uh, Jenkins and Jones got a great uh, basketball podcast. Dragonfly, yeah. And uh, yeah, there you go. And that's and Colin course, Coward's uh, network, right? Your boy. And then, yes, Colin's got an unbelievable yeah. solo pod, too. He's yeah. got some great interviews already. He's had on, uh, he just had on Buker. Um, mm-hmm. He's had on a couple of homies. So, yeah, it's, he had Aikman on, Joe Buck, a couple of great. Kind of get to see him in the uh, the Larry David Lamped house life a little bit on the mic, not so Fox Sports, a little more yeah. him. Was this oh. the was this the network where Buck was like, yeah, I drink in the booth, and then he got in trouble? This was uh, this was the <laughs> network. I, why would you not but want your the button, baby? Yeah, you, you want your announcers to get a little tipsy as the yeah. game yeah, goes yeah. on. I feel it's, like it's, right? it's like, like I, I grew up on goddamn uh, Harry Carey, motherfucker. By the seventh inning, he blackout. couldn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It was just Steve Stone talking after that. The original Brockmeyer, baby. Yeah, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't even. He's like, oh, blah, 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 fucking, blah, blah. like, oh shit. You don't yeah, say. But you could tell. Like, it's good when you can tell it. Like, when you're like, is it even beer? At this, like, is it just yeah, like scotch? I don't know. At this I point, I feel like I feel like Harry Carey was probably just doing heroin. To be honest, <laughs> like, can you even get that fucked up on booze when you're that old? I don't even know how that I works. Like, how there's a there's a tolerance situation at some point. That right. He, you think Harry Carey took tolerance breaks? <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not drinking for a week because baseball season is starting soon. I got to be fucked up for that shit. <laughs> I'm, you know I'm, I mean? I'd buy it. R.I.P. Harry Carey, by the way. Not a blast, man. Yeah. So I'll, I, uh, I degen out seven days a week. Money line Monaco, and uh, yeah, I, I pretty much I eat out or I eat in based off the wins, or we we take girls out on Bumble if we win. <laughs> Or we go Chef Boy RD if we lose over here. A lot of That's Xbox. I love that. Certain right. weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody an Xbox guy? Dropping yeah. the garage line. Bob Sack. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great time, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Uh, for Dan Holloway and Dan Regester, I am Rob Fox. This has been the College Hoops Podcast on Drinking Bros. We will see you next week. Thank you, Alex Monaco. Follow this man. He knows what he's talking about. Hey.